Welcome to the Hum Podcast. This is Garrett and Micah and Christian are alongside me. We're talking about the parable of the talents this morning. And I hope, well, we say this morning because this is the, um, usually we record this in the afternoon and we're off to a little bit of an earlier, more early start this morning to, to record the podcast. So if we're, if our minds aren't all up and running yet, um, we apologize. Mine never is. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Do you know that there's studies that show your brain doesn't fully function until after eight o'clock p.m. <laughs> yeah, p.m. That's, that's no, a. morning a.m. But Shoot. it's it's funny because most schools start at like seven or seven thirty. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, Those studies don't know anything. They did them before eight a.m. What do they know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when was the study done? What time was it done? We, we want to know the real details. How many <laughs> cups of coffee did they have before they did the study? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we cut your intro off, but well, I didn't really know what else to say this morning. Yeah, like so good. Good. <laughs> yeah, nice. Did it good. My good brain job. doesn't start <laughs> short till after sweet. eight p.m. Though. Yeah, my yeah, you're a you're a night owl in that yeah. regard. I am too, but I can't. I'm not necessarily productive. If that makes sense, like I yeah. like I like staying up, but I'm not like, let me write a essay on. Yeah, you know, I, like I don't. I was in college more so, but now. Like yeah, that's true. Now I'm not. That I'm was mainly bad. because I had to cram it in before it was due the next morning at eight yeah. a.m. <laughs> that was more just like a forced uh, problem, but yeah, like Christian, I've heard Christian talk about like writing his sermon at like 10 p.m. Yeah, I'm like what? Like well, we're, best, we're best writing time. a paper that's due like next week at 10. You know, I'm like man. So yeah, you're, I think you would be the definition of a night owl because you're more productive at night. I am, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to, like this morning, I got up, did my prayer, did my Bible reading, but it was not a very long time. And uh, I said, Gabriel, I need to take a nap before I go do this podcast. <laughs> so I took a 15-minute nap this morning already. Dude, I can't do that. <laughs> what I time did you get up? Six. Uh, Holy felt, cow. But I fell asleep at like a little after midnight because I was trying to stay up and watch the Golden State Warriors beat yeah, the Lakers. I fell asleep in the middle oh, of it and lost. woke up. Yeah, they failed me. I fell asleep in the middle of it and woke up. And I don't understand how that's working this year, the play-in stuff. So basically, it's you play just in to get, to get seventh teams. and eighth seed. Yeah. The Lakers are playing for a seventh seed? Yeah, so they're they in the they really good. Well, they're they are, in, but they've had so many injuries. Well, LeBron's been hurt yep. for and Anthony uh, Davis. Like eight weeks, and then Anthony Davis was hurt when he wasn't, and then yep. they flip-flopped. So, like, they haven't been act- – mm. they haven't played together in the – how long was it? Since after All-Star break, they have barely played yeah. together. They've yeah. only played together, like, 40 yeah. games, like half which, the season. Which I feel bad for, like, whoever gets the – like, the Lakers. The two seed. The, yeah. Whoever gets the two seed, which is the Suns, they're going to have to play And I like the, the Suns. So, yeah, that'll be tough. For it them. is an odd. Uh, it's kind of an odd. It is an odd. When you look at the bracket, you're a little. It's a little confusing, like but the the way the play-ins work. But I, I mean, the winner, watched. the winner of that seven eight gets the seven seed. The loser yeah. plays another team, the nine ten. The winner of that to get the eight seed. I haven't yeah. watched a Sigwood BA game this year. I haven't watched one in the Toronto Raptors in nineteen. The one, the game six or seven that when they won. Oh yeah, that was the last NBA game I watched. And I watched them last night. What in the world? I'm just not a big NBA fan. I'm, I'm I not either. NBA. I, I watch the highlights. And I was in the Dominican so, Republic, so we were just kind of hanging out. Oh, yeah. And it was on, so that's the only – I mean, I wouldn't have watched it had I not been that's just crazy. chilling. I, lo- I love the playoffs. I'll watch them. Yeah. I'll watch oh. – I'll probably watch – if it goes to game seven, I'll watch the majority of yeah. it just to just to right. be able to say I watched it. But I, game one, I probably won't turn it on. I might <laughs> catch the last few minutes if I'm up and – just yeah. to watch if it's a close ending, but like I did see the end of that Kawhi Leonard game where he's literally falling out of bounds in the playoffs in nineteen, and uh, just like chucked it up and then somehow went in. I saw that, but so anyway, um, even well, though it may not sound like it, we're not going to get 
to talk about the NBA too much today. We're going to move <laughs> on to something else. Um, Every time we start a podcast, we talk about the most random things. Yeah. I don't think we're ever on topic yeah. from the start. I don't, but I, I feel like people don't listen to us because we're on topic. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but because I don't think we we're rarely on topic. What you is know, what, what is the topic today? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Good. Yeah. You just preached on the parable that we're doing today, didn't you? I did, so I should be prepared. All right, well, so if I bomb this podcast between Garrett and Christian, I'll just sit back and <laughs> and jump in whenever uh, something I, I hear sticks out to me. But what sticks out to me about the talents? Um, when I was younger, I we're talking about the parable of the talents. Yeah, the parable of the talents. Listening. Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was younger, I didn't know that a talent was another name for currency yeah. at the time so i thought that this parable is talking about like your gifts your yeah. spiritual gifts not finances yep. um and so i <laughs> i and i remember i like someone asked me about it and i gave them this long elaborate response about how the parable of the talents is talking about your spiritual gifts and using your gifts for god and they're like you realize the talent is a right. currency and i was yeah. like oh <laughs> yeah and it's cool though to see also um a talent is a monetary measurement. In fact, mm. a talent was, they believe, like in today's time, a talent, it wasn't like a specific coin was a talent, but uh, it was a measurement of so much, whether it's a talent of silver mm. or a talent of gold. And they believe a talent was worth like, scholars think over, a minimum would be like $600,000 today. Mm-hmm. So about 20 years worth of wages, uh, maybe even closer to around a million dollars. So like when we go into the parable of talents, uh, this talent, it's, it's like, like a, it's like a bag of money, not right. just like yeah. He a ain't single, just hand him twenty yeah. bucks. And like, all right, hey, here's some pizza money. Uh, no, the, it's the like master the, is giving him a lot of money. Hey, p- picture this as like um um the mob, and and you're like, yep. you, here's here's one bag of cash. Here's five bags of cash. Yeah. Here's two bags of cash. That's that's how the talents work. Yeah, <laughs> that reminds me when you said buying pizza. Um, there's a guy that uh does videos like joke videos and stuff on facebook and he did one like what if bible events happened in 2020 and he's like connecting everything to like instagram and like oh, that's awesome oh i just got a text from so and so they're gonna be you know just stuff like that uh, who is it i think pizza i think it was john chris is who it was oh john chris uh and uh well you know it's pretty funny so. <laughs> um that's just what i that's what me garrett i think actually garrett sent it to me one time he was the one that sent it to me yeah. Garrett's woke. He's a young guy. Yeah, let me tell you. Oh, we got to. I got to. I got to find a word. Did we? Uh, we need a word. We'll do it later. It. We can do it later. Yeah. But did I? Did I? We say one last time. I think we did. And I think you knew what it was. A second one. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. Uh, so the the important thing about every time you read a parable, before you read the actual parable, you need to see where it's placed within the context of the book. Um, so it's really helpful <laughs> to find like a to find book outlines mm-hmm. of Bible books. Um, that because every every biblical book is outlined in a specific way um, topically, and to find where a parable is placed within an outline of a particular book speaks to kind of the underlying theme and and purpose of Jesus telling the parable. And so in Matthew, this parable, you know, we don't know. It's placed at the end of the book of Matthew, and it's very possible that this was one of the last teachings that he gave, but it's also more likely that Matthew placed it here because this is, we're coming to the end of Jesus's ministry, 
and and Matthew's really trying to hit hard on Jesus is bringing in ushering in a new kingdom. He's ushering in um, he he's he's tearing down the old and and rebuilding the new. Um, and so it's more likely that this isn't necessarily chronologically placed at the end of Jesus's ministry, but topically placed at the specific point in Matthew's gospel. And it's placed, these parables, and in, in the parable of the talent is, is in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and it's placed in a, of a, a, a five different parables that are specifically regarding the future kingdom, the kingdom of God. Um, and that's in Matthew 24, 32 through 25, 46. And then before this section of parables about the kingdom of God, you have Jesus teaching on the judgment of both the temple and the entirety of the world. And so Jesus, before he goes into these parables on the future kingdom, he he's telling these Israelites, hey, listen, I, I'm judging the way that... Israel has been handling our the religion that your relationship with God, your understanding of God. I, you think I'm just judging the world and the Gentiles, but no, I'm judging Israel as well, because neither the world, the Gentiles, nor Israel with the temple are ushering in the kingdom in the way that I'm about to be ushering in the kingdom. And so it's it's really when you when you kind of place the context of where this parable is taking place, it helps the parable open up a little bit more. And so when we um, when and as we're about to go into it detail by detail, just keep in mind that Jesus has been, this is the, the fourth parable in a list of five parables talking about the kingdom of God, and it's coming directly after Matthew talks about Jesus um, placing judgment on both Israel's worship with the temple and the world's um, sin mm-hmm. um, and farness from God. And... Right after, in Matthew 25, so chapter 24 and 25, are you both about, you know, um, waiting for the return of Christ mm-hmm. and kind of the end of times. And in chapter 25, the parable we read directly before this uh, is the parable of the ten virgins. And I just want to read chapter 25, verse 13, the very last verse, before we go into the parable of talents. Uh, Jesus says this, he says, uh, and this is kind of summing up the um, the parable he just said about the ten virgins. He says, "Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour." So, so he's kind of giving this um, idea of you don't know when I'm coming back. You don't know when uh, the end of times is going to be. You don't know when I'm going to return. Uh, and he tells them to watch, and that leads us to go into the parable of the talents and kind of what we're to be doing as we watch. Uh, and he starts off with, "There's a man going out on a journey." Uh, this guy goes out on a journey, and he has three servants. The And this guy is the master of these three servants. And, of course, as we said earlier, he gives one five, he gives one two, uh, and he gives one one talent. And we mentioned what a talent was. It was a large sum of money. Big bag of cash. Uh, yep, gives him a big old bag of cash. Uh, it might have been cartloads. I don't know how much it would have been. <laughs> you get one bag of cash, you get two bags of cash, you get five bags yep. of cash. So they all get they all get a different amount. But we do know all of them were given at least something. And I think it's important to note that. You know, each one was given um, at least one talent. Uh, and I think what we're going to see at the end is it's not so much important about how much they were given, but that they were each given something in uh, this parable. 
I think a, a major key um, that you mentioned was verse 13 there. Get it, that, DJ that, Khaled? That, that hinge verse. Major key. Major key. What? Yeah, well, I figured you might be lost <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, what'd you say? I said, get it, DJ Khaled. He does that major key thing. Anyway, go ahead. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Me and Christian got it. Some of our listeners may have got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that verse 13, that hinge verse between the two parables, because um, in the first one, he's talking about ushering in the kingdom, um, and then the next one, or awaiting the kingdom, and the next one is, what do you do while you wait for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and that's what he's talking about here with, with the managers. Um. And, and when we read this, I think this is this parable is specifically meant more so for the church. It, it's not a parable of Jesus. He's not. He's no longer speaking to the Pharisees or to the Gentiles. He's not speaking to the world. Mm-hmm. He's speaking more directly to his followers, to right. his disciples, to the bride of Christ. And and it and it fits that you know the parable before that was about a bridegroom and. And and coming alongside, you know, in that in that relationship, and now he's he's connecting that to, okay, the church, the bride of Christ. Here's here's what you got to do while you're waiting for this this kingdom to come to come about. Um, and it's not necessarily about spiritual gifts so much as it is um, responsibility. Um, we've yeah. been handed res- major responsibilities that are worth. Um, a measure beyond what we can understand. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can also look um, as well. Some scholars do be- believe it could be um, spiritual gifts. When we look at the fact that they were given something, they were given money, uh, but just kind of think about everybody, all of everybody listening, everybody in this world, we all have been given something or we've all been given things. And, and I, I believe, you know, uh, for example, God has blessed us all with um, maybe he's blessed you in an area financially, or maybe he's blessed you with resources, mm-hmm. or he had maybe I know he's blessed as we talk about spiritual gifts, he has blessed everyone with gifts, uh, but he has also blessed people with you know, Micah, he's a man of many talents, uh, he's blessed people with talents, but also we need to look at that he's blessed everybody on this earth with time. Uh, mm-hmm. He's blessed everybody with opportunities. There's many things that you can, can look at, though it's talking mainly that in the parable about that they've been given a financial um, they've been given a financial talent uh, we, we can just think overall they've been given something and, so, and it's and really something the valuable yes very yeah valuable. that's the it, they've been given something treasured something yep. valuable and and a, a really key point of this is in verse 15 it says um, in the second half of it he's he said, um, that he gave each the amount depending on their own ability. Um, he says, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Mm-hmm. So the manager, which you know symbolically is is God or or Christ, is, looks at the capabilities of those who he's has working for him and he gives them what he knows they can handle mm-hmm. um which is an important an important theological point that you know when we place our trust in in God when we are, have committed to him that commitment isn't just us saying okay help me save me love me 
now I'll see you in heaven. It's help me, save me, love me. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And out of that, it's okay, what do you want me to do? And 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 this doesn't this is about I'm going to use a phrase equality, not equity. Um we've all been equally given an important task. We've all been given an equally valuable task, but we've not been, but that task isn't, it's, it's not given in an equitous way, meaning we don't all have an equal. We, we we don't all have a task that is exactly the same. Right. There's um, a uniqueness and a diversity. Yeah. There's a uniqueness. There's an given. there's an equality in the value and the importance of what God is asking each of His followers to do. But there's not a uniformity. You know, we're not all given the exact same thing or the exact um, same measure of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and which is I, one of the things, the key things. Uh, major key to look at in this parable is we have to see it's not about how much you've been given. What we're going to see, it's about what you do with what you've yeah, been given. Absolutely. And that's what we have to understand. When you're reading the parable of the talents, somebody like, oh, that's not fair. Why did one get five? Why did one get two? Why did one get one? It's not about what and how much they were given, but it's about what they did with it. Mm. Well, you're going to see the response of, of, of the master. It's the same to those who do the right thing. Exactly. And yeah. let's go so on So let's that, jump Mike. in yeah. and read it. I'll, I'll start in uh, verse 14. We'll just start at the very beginning. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. I, I like that again. So we're doing another parable, um, helping describe even more fully. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he left and went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once, put his money to work, and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. So his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And there's where we get from the first two, like you all were saying, different amount of talents, but the same exact response from the master. Exactly. Well Verse done, 21, good and faithful yep. servant. I've trusted you with little things. Now I will trust you with bigger things. Come and enjoy your master's and, and, and be with your master's happiness. And so it's the exact same response to the five and two, which shows, like you all said, that the amount of talents given didn't matter, didn't yep. matter as much to the point of it as it did what they did with right. it. And they both doubled it. Exactly. Were they faithful yes. with what they were given? Absolutely. Absolutely. And very important to note, because here's the deal. Honestly, people, uh, what you, we know this is that you might look at people in your life and um, envy can come in or jealousy, like, gosh, God's blessed them with so much. 
Oh, yeah. or, or God has given them opportunities that I just wish I could have those opportunities. But but that's not your calling in life. Your calling's not, my calling's not what God has blessed Micah with. My calling's not what God has uh, given to Garrett. That, yeah. That's not what I'm called to do. God, to, Whatever God has given me, I'm to be faithful You're called with. to bless others with what you've been exactly. given. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not just monetary to, either. Exactly. Oh, gosh, about. yeah, yeah. But it's it, I, I look at this as more being responsibilities. Yeah. You know, um, maybe when you've when you came to Christ maybe you were the CEO of a major corporation and someone else was a factory worker i mean that's two completely different levels of responsibility but the CEO who has more responsibility is equally holding the same amount of value of kingdom responsibility right but the equity is different so he yeah. has hundreds of people working for him that he can use his 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 high up level of responsibility to really pour Christ into, whereas the faculty worker has the same equality of value in the kingdom responsibility, but not as much equity, as in, you know, know, the factory worker's not going to have as many people that comes into his life daily that he can impact, but the impact that he can do is of the same value Mm -hmm. as the Mm -hmm. other one. Or you can think about it this way, like, think about you know maybe a well-known pastor at, at a big church and they're they're doing great things they're baptizing lots of people they're affecting communities they're maybe they're in a big city and, and you think like of course when they get to heaven they're gonna hear, hear, yeah. hear well done but that same uh think about a small rural church in russell county that 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 children's worker who's not even the children's minister but they've been helping out with kids for years and, and years and maybe they've not seen but three kids, mm. or maybe even none, could come to know um, Christ through just their volunteering. But but I, I believe that that if they are faithful, they're going to hear the exact same yeah, words yeah. that well done. Because it's not about the, the the position, but it's about their faithfulness in the position. Yeah, yeah this really a speaks a lot to ministers today that kind of feel um, underwhelmed oh, with gosh, with yeah. you know they they in the mega church era. It's really easy for ministers to look at other ministers and say, man. I wish my church could be as big as that. I wish my the, our church tithe as much as that. I wish right. we had as much outreach. But, but you know, what are you doing with the position that God's placed yeah. you in? What are you doing with the church that you're at? How are you um, responsibly working the, for the kingdom with yeah. the measure that you've been given? Think about this. What if the guy with two talents began to compare his two talents to the guy with five, yeah. and the whole time the master was gone, he was just worried about how much the guy with five had He'd be in the same boat with which we're about to read the guy with one talent, yeah, uh, because he was so worried about what the five had, and this might have been the case for the guy who had one. He was so caught up with who, who the two and the guy that had five that yeah, he didn't do anything with his. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Verse twenty four reads: Then the man who had received the one talent came, master. He said, "I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed." So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Dang, so. This speaks so much to a static style faith, you know. Think about uh, the level of, I, I would love to know the percentage of the church that 
I would label as pew sitters, as people that come on a Sunday morning, sit, listen to a message, chant a few words, and then don't even think about their faith until the next mm-hmm. Sunday. You know, that might sound harsh, but what percentage of that is yeah. the church in America, especially? Yeah. I mean, it's, how, it's funny you say that, like, the series we're in at our church right now is, I'm here on Sunday, now what? And the whole gist of the series is, okay, how can we get out of, uh, basically, we're telling our church that God has so much more for you than just to come to church on Sunday. Like, coming to church on Sunday is so important and of great value, but God, that's not all God has for yeah. you. And that's why we um, we were preaching out of this uh, passage this Sunday, just relating to what you just said, Garrett, of, hey, there's more to, there's more to the Christian life than, than coming and just sitting in that pew. God has so much for you mm. to do. You know, I was very convicted in this by uh, the words that came out of the master's mouth to the one with one talent. Micah, can you read um, yep. what the uh, master said to him again? Yeah, for sure. Uh, verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him. Give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more. He will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing All right, teeth. That first part Sheesh. where he just yeah, Sheesh. Yeah, Sheesh. Uh, That first part, I mean, he just straight up, you're wicked and you're lazy. Uh, yeah. Is basically what he says. And that, man, that hit me like, Oh, crud. Am I being, uh, and I, I think this is probably, you know, laziness is not talked about in the church, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like a sin. We just, hey, we're talking, we're having a series on laziness. That'd be a good series. Maybe we should do I that. should, me, like, I should preach that one. <laughs> you should preach that um, one. <laughs> I think I might be the most, uh, the most uh, uh, skilled in that area. Um, and that might, that one would hit home for me as the preacher, I believe. So did that hard. hit home with you? Like when I hear that, I'm yeah, just like, for sure. Because sometimes I, I've always, anytime I've ever read that, it 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 hits me personally. Because I think it's how much God's like blessed me with, and I just think like, am I doing the most with what I've been given? Yeah. And you know, I think, and I think about, you know, not just me, but especially, and I believe this is going to be big for the whole church in America. Like we've been given so much religious freedom, like. Pretty much, you can get access to the gospel <clears throat> in America at any time. Almost even, I mean, homes that even aren't serious about Christ. There's tons of homes that have the Bibles. I, I mean, you can at any time. You can just YouTube uh, a message. Yeah. Not but, every country but has that. The, but here's the thing, and that's what I was just thinking about. Now, you know, every we look at America as a Christian country, which yeah. you know we were founded on Christian principles. So what percentage of Americans regularly attend church? I'm, I'm talking like like a Gallup poll says regular very church low. attendance very, very, is, very low. is three out of every eight Sundays. Yep. So to regularly attend yeah. church in this poll, they say three Sundays you come out of eight Sundays. Not even 50%. Guess what percentage does that? I would say of like Americans, thirty-five. I would, say, I would say 11%. 20%. Yeah, I almost said 20%. 20% of Americans, of Americans we went and regularly jump. attend church. Yeah, man, you should have met and, in the middle. And that's not even, I mean, think of, that's a, that is a very basic standard. Three Sundays out of every then, eight Sundays. That's not even saying, like, how many of them serve, how many of them tend Bible study, how many of them, like, really pour into their community. Yeah. That's just how many people come and sit in the pew three out of every eight Sundays. And then 20%. There, there will be a number of people that, there's going to be a, a some sort of number that still serve, but don't 
even attend don't yeah. attend church, but it's going to be very small. So yeah. you would think the majority of people who are I mean there's always margins for errors right. within pools like this, but it's not going to be that The majority of people who are living their life for Christ and truly taking up their cross daily and following him. Yeah. Is probably within that number. I would say I mean the, this ma- is the a high percentage. majority of those people who are doing that are probably within that statistic. Yeah. But, but but it would be a very small amount of But I'm saying this statistic. statistic is people that just come three out of saying. every eight Sundays. So you split that statistic in half on people that are actually committed. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm so saying. Is like that would be like ten percent yeah. of Americans are actually committed. Even to as staggeringly country. small as that number is, a smaller number are actually the ones living it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm getting okay. at. Yeah. Is which it's, is crazy. It's crazy to think that that's you know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how many of us are? are but I see like that. that. I mean, I know? see that. Yeah, I see that in our community. Is there is there a laziness that that comes and not like calling people out because I, I think it's, I do this I think as well. I think it's complacency, yeah. um, which is kind of like the the second cousin to laziness. Um, I think it's just a complacency. I really do. Yeah. I think it's a someone else will do it. Um, I think it's a ah eh, they they've got it. You know, we're think, we're in we're in the Bible Belt. We're in America. So they've heard about yeah. Jesus. It's you know, and we don't want to follow up and try to build a relationship. We just. We just say, well, they should know, or they probably know, and we just like, meh. I think the big clue on answering this question is in verses 24 and 25, where the 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 man responds, and, and it says, the man who had received one talent also approached the master and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. So what this guy is saying is, God, I know you're, or, you know, God, I, I know who you are. You know, I study your word. I, I know your mm. nature. I, I, I know your characteristics. I know your aspects. And, and we could apply this today in saying, God, I know you're a God of love, compassion, and mercy, so I'm just going to go off and do whatever I want and say and profess you as Lord. Mm. You, know, you know, how many of us come on a Sunday morning, look at our communion, and love God in in that moment and then go off and do what we want during the week. That's one example that's being made here. Another example is that we say I've given my life to Christ, you know, I'll pray and I'll I'll study his word. I'll 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 keep filling myself up, yep. but I'm more concerned with filling myself up right. because I don't want to mess up myself. So why am I going to concern myself with the yep. kingdom? Mm-hmm. And that's what is being said here is you know, knowing God's nature is important, but connecting to God's directive to yeah. con- connecting to God's missional statement of of going and yeah. sharing the gospel is just as important as understanding and growing in who God I, I is. I think going back and even looking at that, that's a good point, Gary. Like, when you look at that, he said he knew his master. He didn't really know him. Mm. The other two knew him. He's like, oh, you're so hard. Like, this is what you would want. He had no idea mm. what the master truly wanted like the other two servants. And, and I think there are people... Uh, we have to think, do we truly know what God wants from us? Well, and think about the audience here. And, you know, he was directing this towards his disciples, but the mm. Pharisees would have been sitting around listening to this. And the Pharisees would have been the ones who had put put a hedge around the law. They were so protective in making sure that— They believed they knew God more yeah, than Yeah, and, and they were so protective of not disobeying the law of Moses that they created their own what is called the oral law, their own law around the law to make sure that people didn't— disobey the law. Mm-hmm. And so they were so concerned with the fear of the Lord that they didn't even care about really ministering to people. They, di- they didn't help the homeless. They didn't help the sick. They didn't help the needy. They were more concerned about putting a hedge and protecting the law from people. And, you know, 
what, what's that like in our context? Well, how often do we look at ourselves and and aren't committed to the kingdom? We're not committed to the church family. We're not committed to growing communally and outwardly because we're so focused on you know either our own individual faith or our own individual desires and and our own individual individual um, life yeah. that we don't. Connect to the directives of God. Yeah, I was gonna say a big, a big piece of it. I think is, is truly just selfishness. Um, I think it's selfishness with our priorities, uh, what we, what we want to do versus what we know we maybe should do. Um, and there's, I mean, you look at, I just like the one thing I often think about is, is colleges. Um, and when like students that comes town, you know, it makes sense to to use that analogy because their graduations tomorrow night for our high schoolers um, here in Russell County. Uh, and it's it's how much where I go is based on how much I can milk out of that university, whether it's scholarship or or with whatever they have to offer. And so it's not even so much like maybe where you want to go or what you want to do or what you feel like you should do. It's more of what do they have for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's and then that goes along with our priorities. What do I have this week going on instead of what does the spirit have for me to do? Right. You know, it's it's what what am I going to do? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Um and, you know, as Garrett often says with the Great Commission, there, there's a part of that that as we go, we should be doing it. Um, but I think there's also the element of instead of setting our schedule and saying this is what we're doing no matter what, I think we got to leave room for the Holy Spirit and, and see where the, where, the, where the Spirit leads us. We might have an idea that on Tuesday night we're going somewhere, but we also all of a sudden feel like, man, so-and-so in my life has had some rough times. I'm just going to go visit with them. I'm right. just going to go sit with them instead of going to do whatever. I'm just going to go spend time with them. They they need they need to. I need to pray with them. I need to go read scripture with them and just sit with them, uh, and and be a brother or sister in Christ. And so I think a big piece of it that I see in our church, that I see in our community, that I see in uh, in those around me and in myself. I'm not excluding myself. I'm within that. I think it's just it's just a pure selfishness. Um, you know, and a, that traditionalism. Uh, I think Garrett was talking about you know, putting the hedge of protection around the law. I think we, we do that with our Sunday morning and, and like Wednesday night services. It's, we've become kind of traditionalistic in that, that, well, it's Sunday morning. We go to church. doesn't mean anything. That's just what we do. Um, and even that is not even protected anymore. We just kind of like, well, I can't make it this week or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, uh, the selfishness of our priorities, I think is a major problem. And we have crossed the lines with the kingdom being kingdom-minded and being America-minded um, mm-hmm. here on, on in the western side of the world. But we have that American dream concept where, you know, do what you want, become that CEO, make all the money you can make, buy all the... And we've blurred those lines with being kingdom-minded. In fact, we've really totally forgot about being kingdom-minded and just become selfish-minded. Uh, and I think that's that's a major problem we have is, is if you're kingdom-minded, the things of this world don't really matter as much like the worldly things mm-hmm. you know going to all the events going to traveling and doing all doing all the things those are those are not bad things but when they take the place of 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 the kingdom in your heart and, and with your talents then they become a problem yeah. and i think that's where kind of where we're at as a society i think that's where the church is is, is at with um, with with their talents and being kingdom minded is i think we're just i think we're missing it i think we're i don't think we're being kingdom minded i think we're being um, selfish and earthly minded. Yep. And that's getting to wrap up the parable. You know, remember at the first we talked about Jesus had been spending a lot of time before this 
speaking about the end of the age and speaking about his coming. Gotta uh, be ready. And we need to be ready. Uh, here, here's the deal. As we see in this parable, it's important to note that out of the three servants, every single one, it says, came forward to give an account. Uh, and mm. it, it's important to see that, like, all three of them, no matter how much they were given, no matter what they did with it, each one of them came forward. Uh, and that's important for us to note that no matter, uh, for the listeners today, it doesn't matter if you grew up in church your whole life, if you're an atheist, if you're agnostic, if you're uh, maybe you're so-and-so, maybe you're a faithful member or a faithful uh, Christian, wh- whoever you are, or whatever category you're in, all of us are going to stand before God, and mm. we're all going to give an account on what we did <laughs> and we, we were given. all fall to a knee. And we will all bow, and we yeah. will all confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. On, no matter what. note, there's something really interesting about the original wording here. Um, you know, in, in our text, we see when the man is responding to God, um, he says, Master, I know you. Um, like, mm. present, test, present tense, I know you. But when you're, like you said, you know, we can look at this as giving account to God at the end of time, like as yeah. we're about to enter into the kingdom. In, in the original Greek, that word know is actually past tense. It's wow. aorist tense. It's, I knew you. Like, I knew you at one point, and because I knew you at that point, it changed, you know, I feared you, and, and I was unwilling, really, to to risk myself for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not present tense. And I think when we translate that to present tense, we're, we're losing a key point in the sense that he didn't continue to grow in knowing God because... Mm-hmm. He stifled the growth by his fear, by his unwillingness to connect to what God is trying to do through him. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, when we follow the directive of God of reaching others for the kingdom, we're also simultaneously going to grow in knowing God. But if we don't and we stifle that, you know, we're not going to grow in our knowledge and our relationship with God, and that will become past tense. That's true. That's a good point. Hmm. It's interesting to look at. Anybody got a hum moment for today? Anything interesting that you've read or seen? Mm. Mm. I remember the word we gave Garrett last week. Oh, what was it? Stan. Stan. Oh, did you? He kind of knew it because he said. He'd heard the Eminem song. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, you, you said something about like a stalker or something, didn't you? It actually is like a, half acronym stalker fan that's what it stands for mm. stan but it's not like a creepy it's like a you're just obsessed with like yeah it's like an obsessive like if you're just like a huge you. a huge lebron fan you'd be a, a stan of lebron yeah it's not like a creepy like i like looking at the windows based off that eminem song i don't i don't know but i know it's just stalker fan like i know it's just like the I, words I think, connected I but i think it might be huh actually it for sure is yeah um but yeah. It's, so it's who, not like a creepy way. Yeah, it's who, not. It's not intended to be like a creepy, like look through their window, mm. like actual stalker. It's just like I'm so obsessed with the weekend that I like every concert tour. I know every date, and I mm. listen to every song. So, so who who are y'all stands of? Let's Jesus. <laughs> Do I win? Uh, Do I win? You got one talent. No, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew him. I used to when I was little. I was a really big fan of Mark McGuire. But ever since, like, 
Um, there he had that major steroid scandal, yeah. you know. Hey, Never since there, there's not ever been. Hey, I'm still a Barry that... Bonds fan. <laughs> Take the asterisk away. I they well, all they all were doing. But steroids. I'm saying like ever since that, I've I'm never like looked at someone and been like like a I guess a stand yeah. in that sense. I'm not really. I'm not. I don't. There's not really anyone like I like LeBron, but I don't know his stats. So like that yeah. would exclude me. I liked Barry Bonds growing up. I was number 25 because of that. But I like. He had a lot of home runs. That's why I liked him. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I, I couldn't be a stand of either of them because I don't know. I didn't I mean, follow him close enough. I was probably Kobe Bryant stand. Yeah. Big. Uh, now I'm a Luka Doncic stand. True. A big Luka fan. Luka's uh, pretty good. Yeah. He's not but bad. probably like if staying overall, I would be a stand of Kentucky basketball. Okay. Life. Like uh, okay, group. I'm a Kentucky football <laughs> stand. Uh, yeah. When you say it yeah. like that, I'm definitely not basketball. Um. I w- honestly, I would say I'm a bigger football fan now than basketball yeah. fan, N- and not just because they were terrible last year. Like this has been like two or three years now in the making. The Something football, about I, I just football. I will say exciting. football is easier for me to follow because it's every Saturday. Exactly. So I know every Saturday I play basketball. It's like sometimes on Wednesday nights, and I don't mm. get to watch them. So it's like it's a little different. That's football, I, I get. I'm like I'm with the yeah, hype of football. That's how I am with WVU um, football. But I really enjoy Huggins is. One of my favorite coach Bob Huggins yeah. of basketball, so I really like watching him. Yeah, if he once he retires, I don't know. He's how next much probably I'll... for Hall of Fame, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's got to be up next. Um, the third winningest coach. Yeah, and oh, wow. he passed Roy Williams, That's or right. no, Roy Williams retired, so he's going to eventually yeah. pass Roy Williams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like football, I like plan to be sitting like I plan my day to like be watching it. Oh yeah. Basketball, if it's on and I'm home, I'll watch it. That's kinda yeah. how I would describe it. So listeners, who are you a stand of? Think about it while yeah. you're driving any cars. And hopefully ultimately you you are a stand of Jesus. That's, yeah, hopefully. I mean that's and, and out of being actually stand. hopefully you're not a stand. Not in a cult like you're not a stagnant <laughs> stand. Yeah. What is it? I'm a fan, uh, not a fan. I'm not a fan, I'm a follower. 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 Shout yeah, out follower. To so Heidemann. don't don't actually don't be a stand. You should know him. You should you should know his statistics, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. But you should do something. With you it. should follow him. Get in yeah. the game. Yeah. I like what James says. It's like looking at it, knowing the knowing the word is like looking and not doing anything with it is like looking in the mirror and, and immediately forgetting what you look like. Yeah, and I like that. It's kind of a vivid like that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Who would look in a mirror and immediately forget what you True. look like? In the same way, it's ridiculous to know the word and not do anything with it. True that. Uh, and I always like that description. I use it a lot. So. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the Hump Podcast. You're welcome. Uh, we hope, <laughs> we hope you guys will go make the most with what God yeah. has given Use and blessed you with. Use all that He's given you wisely. Uh, hey, here's the deal: I'm lazy a lot. I need to work on my laziness. Yeah. Me and Christian are working on that together. We go work on that together. Not on the couch playing video games <laughs> though, but uh, <laughs> out in the mission. That would field. not help. <laughs> that would not help. Be but, faithful. Uh, Be faithful. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we encourage you guys to subscribe and to even leave a comment on either channel that you're listening through. Uh, we thank you so much to all of our listeners. We love you guys. Uh, maybe even if we don't even know you or know what you look like, uh, you're beautiful. And we love you. <laughs> but thanks for listening Christian's to the Christian's the only podcast. one on the podcast that could say that. <laughs> and it just sound normal. Yeah. Like if me or Garrett like, you're beautiful. It would just be They're like, like, all right, all right we're unsubscribing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're out. I'm out of here. All right. Well, that's it. Um, who's finishing out in prayer? Does anybody just feel laid? I'll close some. All right. Micah. Oh, holy I Micah. I, no. I don't know if I feel led, but I'll, I'll do it. Good. <laughs> Let's pray. Jesus, we love and we thank you, God. Thank you for giving us talents, God. Whatever those look like for each of us. 
Uh, God, we know they are unique, and we know we are uniquely made in your image. Uh, God, help us to use those talents, God, to be faithful workers, uh, God, and, and to hear that, 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 those, that phrase one day, God, well done, my good and faithful servant. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>